All right, here's the word. Um, mercy triumphs over judgment. Mercy has a voice. And the voice of mercy today, I heard speaking for Samuel 2. Uh, I believe it's the eighth verse. And here's what, what mercy is, is triumphing. It's what mercy is speaking over us. They, our God raises the poor and the beggarly from the ash heaps of life. He sets them as princes and causes them to inherit a throne of glory. This is the gospel. Come on, it's good news. This is the gospel. You and I have been set free by mercy, by the love of God, that we did mercy. Mercy means we don't deserve it, but we got it because love has a plan. God is love and love has a, the living love has a living plan. And you are like a big uh, bullseye and the love of God has strike, struck right in the middle of who you are. And he's speaking that word first Samuel over your life and he's speaking it over mine. It's our destiny. It's our inheritance, our legacy as children of God. And so I just bless you with that today. Amen. Okay, so we are in the middle of a, this looks a little bit different because today I'm going to tell you some stories. Are you guys good with that? Awesome. We're in the middle of a uh, series called It's Good to Be Us. Now, if you've been here for a while, you would have heard that phrase more than when it just came up as a message series. You would have heard somebody like myself running around saying with great passion, it's good to be us. It's good to be us. And if you're really in, in community, you might have heard this, I love us. It's good to be us. And so today I want to talk to you for a few minutes about the us of harbor. I want to talk to you about who we are as, as, a, uh, as a community. Because there is, this house is filled with amazing people that have rich life stories with Jesus. And if you'll do what I encourage you to do with small group, where small groups were concerned, if you'll reach out, you'll let those walls down and you'll get into other people's lives, you'll hear those stories firsthand. And the beautiful blessing is, is that we'll get to hear your stories as well. Because we're in this together. You see, there's something about to being together, about revealing identity. It's, it's, uh, it's uh, how do I want to say it? We all have an individual identity. We know that much, right? Like the world wants to peg us and tell us this is who you are. This is where you fit. Put us over here in this space or put us over here in that, over there in that space. But how many of you know that only God has the true authority to put identity on humanity? Because he made us right? And so we come into uh, an encounter with Jesus, into a life with Jesus, and we get to grow from one season to the next in who we are, in an understanding, getting, gaining revelation of who we are at the core, our identity. But that's not just individually, because when you pull individuals together, you get us. And so there's a collective whole it's brought together through the, the good news of Jesus, this household of faith, the family of faith, and we get to, to, to grow together. It's, a, like I said earlier, earlier, a revealing of identity, but God does it from season to season. He 
causes it to unfold before us. And so that's what we're going to talk about a little bit today. The, we want to pay attention to our corporate identity. And I was thinking uh, yesterday, two things came to mind. Who, who was here for Grant's message yes, uh, last week? Let me see your hands. I, I had testimonies of three healings. Is anybody in the room, can you raise your hand if you were one of the ones that, even if you weren't the three that reached out to me? Higher, let me see. Who else got healing? Come on. So good. Remember the word? Remember the word was increase last Sunday, and that was part of the increase. We are going to start to see more healings and hear more testimonies of healings than we have before, and I'm excited, all right? So where are we going? I was, I was talking about Grant's story. So I thought about Grant, one of the stories Grant told uh, last week. It was about his daughter, his oldest daughter. Remember, they went to a store, and she had taken something off a shelf, and, and, and he asked her to put it back, but when it was time to put it back, there was somebody standing by the shelf, and she looked at her, her dad, and she said, I, I can't go give it. And he said, why? She said, because I'm shy. And what did Grant do? Do you remember the story? He he knelt down at her level and he said, hey, listen, I'm going to let you process, embrace that feeling of shyness. But the truth of the matter is, that's not who you are. You're not shy. What was he doing? As a healthy parent, he was giving us a picture of a healthy parent where identity, instilling identity in children is concerned. He was getting down, embracing the feeling, letting her, his daughter embrace the feeling that she was momentarily experiencing, but he spoke, he spoke identity truths. You know, there's a, I'll just say this. God is a healthy father, right? God shows us in the scriptures, if we go into the Bible, he shows us time and time again how he takes individuals and he speaks to them about their identity. And then even if they don't, the other thought that I thought of uh, yesterday was Gideon. And that's really actually quite important for today's conversation. I'll get into that later. But like he'll take, we see story after story of him taking people in the scriptures. He'll, he'll encounter a man or a woman or a child. And he'll, he'll release something to them about, their core, about the truth of their identity. And, and like, for, for example, Gideon, he finds Gideon and he speaks a word over Gideon through an angel and Gideon isn't buying into it. It's in Judges chapter six. If you're not familiar with it, the story, I, I encourage you to go read it later, but Gideon isn't buying into it because he has this, this picture of his external circumstances. He's got this inward voice that isn't God's. That's telling him something contrary, Right. And so does God shame him in that place? Absolutely not. What he does is he speaks, again, he speaks the revelation of identity over him. But then in the next few, chap in the next few verses into chapter 7, he starts giving him opportunity to walk out that identity. He unfolds it before him because he's a good father. And identity is exceptionally important because identity defines who we are. It gives us meaning for our lives. But, but remember, it's good to be us today. Harbor Church, it's good to be us. And so God not only does it individually in the scriptures, we see places in both the Old and the New Testament where he's doing it for the collective whole. Right? If we just pick two examples in the, in the Old Covenant, what do we see? We see, we see Israel. 
And over and over again, it'd speak identity truths over a people group. And in the new covenant, hey, point yourself. It's the body of Christ. Over and over again, God is speaking through prophetic voices. He's speaking through the apostolic team that he had in place. And he's saying, this is who you are. Because identity is important. He's got a plan for it, and we need to pay attention to it. Are you guys with me? Okay. So today, I'm going to share, again, things that God's declared regarding our, our collective identity as a house, as harbor community. And the implications, oh my gosh, the implications are huge. I want to introduce you to, um, to my blue book. I think there's a few of you in the room that have not been introduced to my blue book before, but it is, it is a, it's a, it's very precious to me, not in an unholy way, uh, but it, it, inside of it, it houses over a decade worth of prophetic words and very significant, significant encounters that we've had as a leadership team. It's something that I put together at the prompting of the Lord. Darren has a copy. I put it together, um, I don't know, over seven years ago. We went back and started pulling up uh, testimonies and prophetic words. I think the first ones I have are from 2009. It's a rich history, and I want to invite you into it today. Why we have it, I want to uh, read to you 1 Thessalonians 5 before I get in. 1 Thessalonians 5, 19 says, through 21 says this, Do not quench the spirit. Do not despise prophetic utterances. Come on. But examine everything carefully and hold fast to that which is good. You know, 1 Corinthians 13, 9 tells us that we know in part, we see in part, so therefore we prophesy in part. We believe that strongly. At the same time, we have over a decade worth of testimony that we can go back to and see patterns where God has spoken similar identity truths about us collectively again and again and again. And you know what that does? It does the same thing in us that it did in Gideon. And the reason why for a girl like me that has some history here, and I'm going to let you into it right now before I dive into the book, the reason why that very connect that was highlighted to me with Gideon last night was so important is because Gideon, when I first came to this house, one of the, the words that I would hear prophesied over this community over and over and over again is you were a Gideon, we are like a Gideon-like tribe. A Gideon-like tribe. And you know what? We've been growing. We've heard a lot of things. Is it the number 300? Is it this? Is it that? I want to suggest to you today, because of what I encountered last night in the heart of God, is that like Gideon, we have been given great declarations in the spirit regarding our identity collectively. But we are growing from season to season to embrace that corporate, that collective identity like never before. And you are here on purpose for a time such as this. Because as important as your individual identity is, and you need to get grounded and rooted in it just like I do, there's a bigger plan. And I want to suggest to you that what's at stake is the very heart of God. The dream that he has for a people group. The dream that he has for a community. The thing that Gideon and his ragtag team of misfits did is they ran into, 
into a place where the enemy had stolen things from the people of God and they brought it back and they shared it with everyone in the nation. What's the prophetic point that I'm trying to make here is you are here in this prophetically declared Gideon-like tribe for a time such as this because you getting fearless, you coming to know that you are a man or a woman of mighty valor, that you have this in you and that in you, whatever your individual prophetic words are, that those are meant to play a part in the collective whole that we take from this very space as a spiritual family and we go out there and we take ground against the adversary because of Jesus' finished work and we leave an inheritance for the whole region around us. This is what we are talking about. This is the gospel. This is, the, this is mercy that's triumphed over judgment. And we play a part in that. And we need to start taking ourselves a little bit more seriously with freedom, with freedom. All right. So what are we going to do? If you are a visitor today, you are not like, don't check out because here's my prayer. Kyle said it earlier on the stage when he was closing for worship, uh, worship. If you are a visitor, my prayer is, is that you would have a fresh encounter today through the things that I share with your own identity truths. All right? You're in. Holy Spirit is here to give you a fresh encounter. That's what I really believe with your own identity truths, your own spiritual identity, the, the destiny that he has for you. But if you call Harbor home, I'm going to sit here as a mama. I'm going to sit here as a leader and a friend and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to have a prayer in my heart that says that you are stirred. And that, the fan, that there's a fanning of the fire that's on the inside of you, which is the gift of God himself. And you listen to the things that I say, and you start to release who you are and come into our corporate identity, like, like grab hold of it like never before because, because God is on this moment. Are you guys with me? Amen. Ready to jump in? Come on, let's go there. All right, so the first testimony that I want to share with you or the first few words that I want to share with you were spoken between 2010 and 2012. So we're showing our age here. Everybody was born, let's see. So everybody was born at least by that time in this room, Right? My goodness gracious, time keeps flying by. All right, so the context of the first word, I'm going to, I want to, <laughs> here we go. I was reading through these first words and I'm like, wow, prophetic voices with flavor. We sure are long-winded. And I was like, how are we going to skinny some of these up? So, so I'm going to, I'm going to keep as much of the, of the wording in so that you don't lose any meat, but I'm not going to bore you. All right. So the context of the first word came after a father in the faith told us a story of a recent encounter David Yonggi Cho had with God. Now, for those of you who don't know, Brother Cho started a church in Seoul, Korea that at the time of this prophetic word had over a million members, okay? He's in his 80s now. Is he still alive? I think so. He's, he's, if he is, he's, still, he's in his early 80s. And, um, and this is the word. God is up to something here in Pompano Beach. You don't have any idea of what he's fully doing. There's a supernatural thing that God is up to. 
He's bridging you as a house in a gateway city to the nations of the earth. There's intercession being exchanged. There's passion that's being exchanged. And the passage of scripture that's being, you know what? I totally messed it up already. Let's pull it back. Context. Here's the word. But the context is in an encounter that Brother Cho had with the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit said this to him. God is coming to South Florida. He's in Korea. He's in a prayer meeting. And Holy Spirit says to him, God is coming to South Florida. And so what does he do? Thankfully, he gathered all his intercessors. And they started to pray for a move of God to break out in the South Florida region. Come on. Come on. Okay? So, the brother who's sharing this word, about to deliver this prophetic word to harbor as a community says it out of the context of that encounter, okay? And then this is what he says. God is up to something here in Pompano Beach. You don't have any idea of what he's fully doing. There's a supernatural thing that God is up to. He's bridging you as a house in a gateway city to the nations of the earth. There's intercession being exchanged. He knew it because of what was happening in Seoul, Korea. There's intercession being exchanged. There's passion that's being exchanged. And this passage of scripture is being highlighted to me. And he goes on to read what I know is Isaiah 41. And he says this, God will open rivers and desolate heights and fountains in the midst of the valleys. He will make the wilderness a pool of water and the dry land into springs. He will make trees grow in the desert. There will be cedars, acacia, myrtle, and olive trees, pine, fir, and cypress, all growing together in the desert. And then he says this, Harbor Church, God doesn't do anything by coincidence. And here's what he's going after, unity. Unity in your homes, unity in your marriages, unity with your children, and unity with each other, unity with this city, unity with other churches in the region, and with it, unity in the nations of the earth. He goes on and says, Isaiah 41 tells us the reason why, because he wants to open up rivers and desolate heights and fountains in the midst of valleys. He wants to make the wilderness a pool of water and the dry lands around you springs. And I am here to tell you that the kingdom of God is breaking into the earth, into dry places to manifest the glory of God's own presence. And this changes everything. He paused for a few minutes and then he continued. See the seven trees? Seven equals perfection. The breakthrough the earth needs is tied into different expressions being planted together. Breakthrough comes with unity and diversity. There's a value and an honor. It's coming to the body of Christ. It's where we learn to appreciate the beauty of the grace of God in each other's lives. We're talking about a powerful unified move of the Holy Spirit. And it starts, he's talking to this house. It starts with intimacy between you and the Father. And it'll spread to the relationships around you, Harbor Church. And then to the churches that are unified in the grace of God. Listen, if there's anything that I hear the Lord saying right now, it's about unity of believers. Where we're really doing good together. There's something so profound here in your community and you need to value it. 
he goes back to the passage of scripture and he says, God speaks about it in the next verse of Isaiah. People will see things, these things, and they will understand. And together they will consider and comprehend. And they will know that the hand of the Lord has done this. It will not be a pastor. It will not be a worship leader. It will not be a movement. It will be the God of Israel breaking into desert places and bringing streams of living water. He will bring life. Unity amidst diversity so that people may know that God is the one who has done this. And then he prays, may the word of the Lord be fulfilled over this region. We ask for something we've never known and never seen, a unified outpouring of your grace, that all the different expressions in this region would all be honored, honored for what you are doing. Unify us in the spirit of Jesus. Let a historic, unprecedented move of God take place in South Florida, in this very region, for the eyes of the world to see the glory of Jesus being poured out. God, thank you for the intercessors in South Korea. Empower them with your grace to come before your throne and agree with what you've said over this very land. I pray for unity, unity in marriages with children. I pray for revival to break in individual homes like they've never seen before and that they would carry the glory to, corporate, to the corporate meeting place. Stadiums filled with churches from all over the regions. He goes on and on and on. Pour it out on the leaders. Listen to this last paragraph. Pour it out on the leaders. Divine connections of the ones who love you. The eyes of the Lord have fallen upon the ones that are true worshipers, ones who would worship in spirit and truth. Connect them. Connect business leaders with business leaders, people of influence with people of influence, pastor leader, pastoral leadership in multiple of ch multiples of churches. God, do this. Position us for the hour and time that we are in right now. Come and have your way here. Will of God be done in South Florida region. I want to tell you that that is happening right now. That's Church United. That's a fulfillment of a word that was prophesied in this house and that, that hinged in part by our intimacy with the Father. That's a good word. Let me hear you say, it's good to be us. Come on. You ready for some more? All right. This next one is long also, but it's so rich. It's so rich. I was like, God, what can I skip over? And so I did my best. Here's the word. Somebody walks in and he says, this is a place where broken 20-year-olds can come and find refuge. And God's going to send them by the droves. He's going to pour out his spirit in South Florida. And he's going to send a mighty revival. And he's going to entrust you, Harbor Church, Church, with training and equipping for the nations. So you better get ready. You better get ready to fling your doors open wide. I can feel it in the atmosphere. I haven't been able to even function since I've been in your house under the weight and the anointing of the Holy Spirit. He says, now listen, I know the difference of what it's like to be drunk in the Spirit. You know, just slap happy and filled with joy to where you don't even want to get up off the floor. But I'm telling you, here I feel the weighty, glorious presence that comes with government. Government is when God entrusts you with the masses, when he entrusts you with influence. You're about to be like the church of Ephesus that has a lampstand that gives influence to the rest of this region. I believe that God entrusted, I believe what God entrusted to people like Reading, Kansas City, and Morningstar. Now this is from 2010, this word. 
I believe what God has entrusted to people like Reading, Kansas City, and Morningstar, that this place is going to be entrusted with that type of measure. I know that's not necessarily your interest. Can I just tell you, I love that part of the word. That he, he felt that prophetically. Hey, I know that's not what you guys are after. You just want to love God and love, love people. But I'm here to give you a prophetic word. So he continues. But the anointing in the room is just that way. So you need to get ready. I'm going to tell you, God is putting Harbor Church on the radar of various movements around the earth even today. He asks us to open, to our, open our Bibles to 3 John. But before he can get there, he continues to prophesy. I just like that part, so I included it. <laughs> he says, I believe somebody is supposed to get this recording and give it to people. Because somebody's to buy some facilities so that Harbor Church can house a whole lot of young people in this place. I believe the Lord wants to overcome the obstacle of equipping, which is the cost of housing. Harbor, you need a place to put 518 to 30-year-olds so you can train and equip them. And I believe with all my heart that that's to be given. That's to be sought after. That's to be prayed through because God wants to provide you a place. I'll just say this. If Harbor had the housing to house 500 young adults for the quipping they'll do in this place, they would definitely fill it up within a year. I'd like to test that word. And do you know how many leaders would be multiplied in South Florida because of it? South Florida needs a revival of the Holy Spirit. It needs a great move of God. I know you've got a bunch of Christian radio stations here, but Christian contemporary music isn't going to pull South Florida out of the ditch it's in, guys. I tell you what's going to change things, men and women who are on fire. That's the only thing that's ever going to change history, men and women who get on fire and spread the flame. And I believe God's looking down, has looked down on this place. He's seen that there's a people who long for his fiery presence, a people who press in through the hype and the obstacles, and they simply contend for more of him. I believe God is going to make this place a corporate trumpet. That's where he's taking you. Darren's had a voice. Some of you have had a voice, but God's about to make a corporate trumpet out of this place where the activity of the Holy Spirit is so much bigger than just one vessel. It's a corporate trumpet that he can entrust with many, many persons. But every obstacle to the multitudes coming here to be equipped must be removed. He prays, Lord, I ask for every obstacle to be removed in Jesus' name. Release the provision. We say you are the provider. Thank you for this building. But you, we ask you for the next step. Release it in Jesus' name. And then as he goes, tries to get back into the Bible, he says this. I, I need to share this testimony. He says, I'll give you the context. So uh, he, he, the context is, is that they, the ministry he was a part of had run out of room to house all the people that were coming to their Bible school. And they needed $3.3 million to, to, for the place that they really wanted to expand into. And God sent a couple to ask their leadership team what they needed to move forward. And it was during the recession. And guys, they wrote the $3.3 million check on the spot because the wife had had a dream. I'm not saying no to anything. God's the boss. He can speak however he wants. He's the boss around here, okay? Um, then he says to us as a house that night, he goes, this, or my point is this. What the Lord calls you to, he will provide. Okay, pay to, okay, and this is for me. This is my note, I think. Is this my note? 
Yes. Okay, pay close attention to what he says next, because when I read it yesterday, I thought about what the Lord had me release in worship last week about increase, right? And this is what he prays in 2010. He says, or what he says, he says, I believe your team is to begin to ask for increase. To ask for the removal of all the obstacles and to see what God does. I can feel it in my spirit that he wants to train young people in this place. And then he turns to the worship team and he says, so worship team, you've got to take yourselves a whole lot more seriously. You've been entrusted with something from heaven. And I'm telling you, you don't get this kind of worship everywhere you go. Churches that are five times larger than this one don't have what, it t- what you have here. And I'm not just talking talent. I'm talking hearts. People who will sacrifice and love deeply and aren't into their own press reports. You don't get that every day. That's why you've got to take yourselves seriously because, because God's entrusting you with something and it's coming. You've got to be ready because it's coming like a tsunami but you got to get the facilities. It's time to multiply equipping centers in the earth, and we need this place to carry thousands upon thousands. Everybody say, it's good to be us. Come on. Come on. So good. All right. The next prophetic word came. Are we doing okay? You guys good? Okay. I'm not boring anybody, am I? I'm telling some stories. This is part of our history that propels us into our future. And makes us enjoy our present. Hello. That's a word. Okay. The next prophetic word came from a well-known prophet in the nation. He spoke to us the first time he came to our community as he met with our core uh, team. He said, I brought a word uh, with me for this church, but I have to preface it by saying this. Last September, I'm dreaming, and in my dream, I'm standing in a church I've never been in before. I didn't recognize any of the people, and I'm preaching maintenance preaching, like I am now. Just equipping people through reminder and talking with them. And all of a sudden, in the dream, all of a sudden, the strong office of the prophet comes on me, and I begin to scream in the dream at the top of my life, uh, at the top of my voice, it's going to rain, it's going to rain, it's going to rain, it's going to rain. Then he says, so a week later, I've totally forgotten the dream, but I'm sitting at my computer, and I'm brought into an encounter with the Lord where he shows me the dream again, and he tells me that the church I was standing in in my dream was symbolic of a number of churches that I would one day meet. Well, now he's talking to us again. Well, as I walked in here last night, I recognized some of the people from my dream. So I want to tell you guys, it's going to rain. It's going to rain in this church. It's going to rain so much you're going to feel like Noah's Ark. It's going to rain so profoundly that males and females will be drawn to you by the sovereign spirit of the Lord himself because somewhere they smell the coming of a great rain. God will bring them. He will bring them. And then he says, I want to say this to you, Darren. It wasn't just a spiritual rain in the dream. It was resources of the natural and resources of the spirit at the same time, and they were equally balanced. And I believe that word is for here because it costs to enlarge. Do you see, do you see the, the correspondence even from the last two words that were highlighted? It costs to enlarge. It costs to do things. So I want to prophesy and speak as a father into this house that the heavens would not only reign in the spirit, but they'd reign with resources as well. That God would send to this house, pressed down and shaken together and running over the resources that it needed for the will of God to be accomplished. Then he breaks into some flavorful prayer. 
He says, Father, you showed me that it was going to rain in this nation and that there are churches and groups that are going to cause the spiritual rain to rise. So I speak to the river. I speak to the river of God, knowing Revelation says that there's a great river which flows from your throne. And Ezekiel talked about the same river that went into the dry places. Do you remember the first word? Where the guy spoke from Isaiah chapter 41, and he said the desolate dry places? That was two words ago. Now we're back to it again. Ezekiel talked about the river that went into the dry places and everywhere it went, it brought growth and health to the land. So I speak to that river of life, to the river in the garden, to the river that comes from heaven. I speak to the Noahic flood, to the windows of heaven that they would be open. He gets flavorful. Um, And then he says, it's going to rain. He says it four times. And then he says, not only will it rain spiritual impartation, but financial resources. It will come in equal amounts. And Lord, I'm asking that as it was with Noah, let it be for this house. Because Noah had ample material to build big enough to accommodate what you, God, were calling him to build in that day. That's a significant part of the word for right now. God is sending everything that he needs to send in the natural and in the spirit for him to get built what he wants built because there's rain coming and people need a a symbolic ark to run into. Are you guys with me? Have I lost you with any of the symbolism? You're good? Just nod to me. Let me know if I should go... That's good. (laughs) That's good. All right. There's a word that I have for you. It's the word enlargement. If I could give you just one word and wrap my prophetic arms around it for your church, it would be enlargement. God is going to enlarge you. He's going to enlarge your hearts. He's going, I love how we started there again, guys. God is, Holy Spirit sees who we are. We are a people of wholehearted love that worship Jesus Christ and want to bring that love to everybody. So prophetic word after prophetic word, people come in and they go right for the heart. So he starts with this. He's going to enlarge your hearts. He's going to enlarge your spirits. He's going to enlarge your vision. He's going to enlarge your intensity. He's going to enlarge your family. He's going to enlarge your love for him. He's going to enlarge your, your, your prophetic. He's going to enlarge your evangelism. And as it go out, goes out, he's going to enlarge your influence in this city. He's going to enlarge your numbers. He's going to enlarge your buildings. He's going to enlarge everything about you that's conducive to his own kingdom. This is a time of stretching. It's a time of upgrade. It's a time where God is bringing you past one season and into into another. Listen to this prophetic, flavorful tie-in. You've been in a pregnant pause. You've been been in a place of expectation, but the water, remember the Noahic flood? It's about to rain. The water is about to break. That symbolism that God uses like in the scriptures, we see it all over the place. It's very biblical. God speaks often prophetically through symbolism. So he's I believe completely connected to the heart of God and he's releasing this with these symbols but the water is about to break and God is bringing something forth so we call it forth in Jesus name in Jesus name the abundance of rain come on that's good all right I'm going to shift gears for a minute and I want to um I want to skip over something um and and twist something around I want to show a video of our next prophetic word for the sake of time okay um, it's only two minutes long, but it's a prophetic word that was given in 2016 uh, to our leadership team in Nevada, in Las Vegas. Yeah, Nevada. Hello. Um, I can hear from God. Do I know my 
map. <laughs> he loves me right where I'm at. So uh, it's in Nevada. And in that prophetic word, uh, Darren uh, was called out of a room full of a couple thousand people. And the, the prophetic voice that called him out had three words of knowledge for him. Okay. And after he gave him the three words of knowledge and Darren standing up with Wendy, he releases the prophetic word. And I want you to see it on video. Why don't you put your eyes on the screen? So I felt like God was saying, I've given them the power, like literally the power, the essence of my Christ nature. Of course we all have that, but you need to hear that in a significant way because it's an apostolic work. Like I saw you starting a campaign that had media behind it that helped people rally Christians to become the fullness, like to go on a full discipleship journey. So I feel like the Lord says, you guys are a branding device for maturity and for developing leadership, for developing... Christians in the, in the full maturity cycle that they have with the Lord. So I release over you faith for the full provision to do what you were born for, even as God gave me your middle name and your birthday and gave your ministry name. I just release over you faith now that he'll resource it and he'll populate it with everything that you're called to. In Jesus' name. In Jesus name. Come on. Amen. He got his middle name. He didn't know he got his middle name. He's like, why do I keep hearing Christ in the middle? Because Darren's middle name is Christ. He knew his birth date, and he knew the ministry name. Listen, he didn't know Harbor. The ministry name that, that the ministry organization that Darren founded that planted this church is called Light International. And that's what Sean was picking up on. Those words came, those uh, words of knowledge came as, as faith builder for that prophetic word that you just heard. We as a house are called. There's a grace on us collectively. Not just one person. A grace on us collectively to bring disciples, Christians, into a full discipleship journey. So the full measure of Christ's own stature, whatever amount of that is legal, this side of heaven, that that's where we have a tangible grace on us to see taken from us into the places of the earth to have other people wake up to it. That's an exceptional invitation. And you're a part of it. You're a part of it. Now, the next thing that we're going to see, I have about five more minutes. So the next thing that we're going to see, worship team, I think you're coming up. The next thing that we're going to see is, um, don't pull the the picture up yet. I want to read this word to you. It might be our last because of time. But I want to read it to you. It came, oh, that's a good word too. Yeah, oh, that one's a good one also. Okay, let me read this one. So this one is actually a prophetic testimony. Um, Darren had been invited to join his daughter in Columbia. She was going there to minister with a team from Bethel Church. And he gets off the plane. I'm just reading my notes so that you can get the context. He gets off the plane and heads right to the church to meet the rest of the team. As he's sitting there waiting for everyone, two young guys come up from the church that that he's sitting in, and they start talking to him. Now, they they start telling him that they'd been traveling around Colombia and Peru, leading these worship conferences, and that God was doing some amazing things in the younger generations there. But here's the heart of the testimony. They start to share some of the profound experiences that they've been having personally with the Lord. And they tell Darren about a meeting that they were in. Okay, listen, if this is new to you, 
don't be afraid. This is, this is all symbolic. Like, God, read, read your Bible some more, and it'll be okay. Okay? They start telling Darren about a meeting that they were in where three of their guys have a spiritual encounter at the same time. They're all in the same spiritual encounter. And in the encounter, the Lord shows them eight specific cities that they were to pray for. He told them that they were gateway cities and that they were going to be used by God to bring a move of the Holy Spirit onto the earth. Darren says, as I talked with them, I felt God show up. And then he asked, then they asked me, me, okay, so, and then Darren's saying, and then they asked him, they're like, who are you? Like, we told you our story. Who are you? And so Darren says to them, well, this is who I am. I'm from this heart, this, this church called the Harbor. This is what the Lord's doing. This is what we're seeing, especially in the last three years. And they're like, well, where do you come from? And he says, well, my, the church I'm a part of is in Pompano Beach, Florida. Stay with me. Right when he says that, these two guys hit the floor and they start crying. And Darren goes on to say, and this is a quote, I've rarely had these kind of experiences in my life. At this point, I have no clue what's going on, but I feel the glory of God in such a profound way. And these guys are absolutely freaking out. And then one of the guys shows me this. I want you to see it. He shows them this bracelet. Oh, any better view? Okay. All right. That's okay. I got the real McCoy here. We tried to take a picture of it today. So he shows him this bracelet. You guys see it? On this bracelet, the guys that had the encounter with the Lord, they made a bracelet of the eight cities that God told them that he was going to set, be gateway cities that brought a move of the Holy Spirit. Guess what one of the cities is? Pompano Beach. Pompano Beach. It's on it's on you see it but you can come look at it but don't take my bracelet it's the only one that I have and it's in my blue book listen Pompano Beach the eight cities they're they're praying for these eight cities for three years Darren says to them right before we're from Pompano Beach he says to them this is what God's been doing the last three years in our midst and I'm from Pompano Beach guys we have yeah, that's right. They didn't know where Pompano Beach was. They didn't. This is this is what it says here. They did. I actually put that down to you. They didn't even know it was in Florida. They just heard the Lord say Pompano Beach. So they're so fiery and hungry for the presence of God. They're like, we'll pray for anything you tell us. And then they made bracelets. And they started giving them away at their worship conferences to people in South, South America that have no idea where Pompano Beach is either. But Korea, South Korea. South Korea, South America. Do you see what I'm saying? People are hearing the heart of God. And our name is part of what he's talking about. Darren ends the testimony saying this. When you start, when we start having things like this happen, the fear of God should begin to grip our hearts and fuel our passion and fire should start to rise up on the inside of us. We are not playing around. We're not just doing church, having meetings for the sake of having meetings. We are a part of something global. It's significant and beyond what any of us could ever imagine. But year after year, season after season, as more prophetic words continue to be confirmed, guys, we're starting to believe it. But 
remember it's not about us. It's not our own fanfare. We're after intimacy with God and deliverance for humanity. I'm pushing my luck right now. I'm pushing my luck. If you have children, you have to go pick them up. I'm going to sit for two more minutes and say one more. One more. I really want to say two, but we don't have time. So I'm going to read you the small one. Harbor Church, the word for describing you is spiritual mangroves. In South Florida, mangroves represent a plant which digs its roots into the sand and holds the shore together. Sand shifts, but because those plants are dug in, they protect the shoreline against the biggest of waves. The root system of mangroves line the waterways. They send out their structures to preserve the shore, but also to create a place for fish to place their juveniles. The young can grow up and be, and be strong till they're ready to brave the open ocean. It's a harbor for them. Holding the shoreline in a time of storm and providing a sanctuary in the time of peace. Those roots are what holds this whole land together. Mangroves also, last paragraph, mangroves also have something called viviparity of propagales. I'm sure I'm not saying that correctly. Complicated words, but it means this. This is real important. It ties into many of the other words. It means that they don't just, just give off seeds. They actually grow miniature, full-grown mangroves. Part of our, the grace on our house is to equip in all different ways the body of Christ to grow up and to manifest the full nature, the full measure of Christ's own nature, to be image bearers that reflect him rightly. Harbor Church, when they actually, the spiritual mangroves, you actually, they actually grow full-grown little miniature mangroves. When the time and tide are right, these, they release these full-grown little miniatures which, which float upstream till they stick in the mud and continue the growth of a whole new mangrove forest. Harbor Church, you have chosen to plant here with others. And you will hold the shoreline in a land of shifting sand. You will make refuge for the young. It will be a place for them to grow to maturity. The blessing of this, your young will grow to full strength and maturity before they are released. They will grow and they will prosper. Somebody say, it's good to be us. Come on. Listen. I have a call to action for everyone in this room or anyone who will listen to the sound of my voice later on. And it's this. How will we as a collective house, as a collective community, how will we do, what will we do in this hour with what's been entrusted to us? If I would make it personal, I'd ask you this. How will you begin to steward what's got, what God has spoken to you about your individual identity? And then 
what are, what are we going to do to steward the, what he's spoken regarding us collectively as a whole? How will you begin? How will you, you, not the people next to you, how will you begin? How will Julie begin to partner with the dream of God's heart for this very community? We are a house of worshipers. We are a prophetic community. We are known for our intimacy with Jesus and our authenticity with both Holy Spirit and one another. We carry a grace to reach multiple generations. There is a great highlight on the younger. And we are an equipping house. We are a finished work people. The government of God, the gospel of the kingdom is the message that we carry with great joy in our hearts. And we want to give it away to every, any and everyone. This is the house that you're a part of. This is the house that, that you get to call home, that I get to call home. And I'm so privileged to be a part of it with you. For the ministry time, here's what I'd like to do. Because a finished work people, mercy has triumphed over judgment. Because we're a people that bring the gospel of the kingdom, and not just with words, but in deed, I want to make space for anybody who needs physical healing. Um, if you're one of the few people that I, I texted earlier and asked if you would pray for people for physical healing, can you come up now and just stand right over here? Testimonies, time and time again from lots of people. But these are just a few that were, were picked up to me. If you need physical healing in your body, I want you to come up here as we go back into one more song of worship. Because there's a grace not only to pray for you, but to see you get healed. Because that's what Jesus paid for. Okay? If you are on the regular ministry team, can you come up as well? I'm not going to actually ask the regular ministry team to stay over here. If you want confirmation, if you need a faith builder, if you need to be stirred up with your own prophetic identity, things that you've heard God speak over you, I want you to come and let our friends over here pray for you to agree with some of those words that you've heard. Give them. I'm a I'm a I'm lion-hearted. I'm a, a wholehearted worshiper. I'm 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 made to shift the culture through business. Whatever the word is, I want you to come and share it with these friends and let them agree and and and, and add their faith that that's what you're gonna see manifest like never before in this season. And for the rest of us, if you can stay, sit in the presence of the Lord just for another couple of minutes. And let God remind you of what he's invited you into and the exceptionally important part that you play, not just the people on this stage. In Jesus' name, you're free to go. Amen.